Section eight of Confessions, volumes five and six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Confessions, volumes five and six, by Jean Jacques Rousseau. Anonymously translated. Section eight. I am now about to relate another of those inconsequences which my life is full of, and which have so frequently carried me directly from my designs, even when I thought myself immediately within reach of them. Venture had spoken to me in very high terms of the Abbe Blanchard, who had taught him composition a deserving man possessed of great talents who was music-master to the cathedral at besançon and is now in that capacity at the chapel of versailles i therefore determined to go to besançon and take some lessons from the abbe planchard and the idea appeared so rational to me that I soon made Madame de Varence of the same opinion, who immediately set about the preparations for my journey, in the same style of profusion with which all her plans were executed. Thus this project for preventing a bankruptcy, and repairing in future the waste of dissipation, began by causing her to expend eight hundred livres her ruin being accelerated that i might be put in a condition to prevent it foolish as this conduct may appear the illusion was complete on my part and even on hers for i was persuaded i should labour for her emolument and she thought she was highly promoting mine i expected to find venture still at annecy and promised myself to obtain a recommendatory letter from him to the abbe blanchard but he had left that place and i was obliged to content myself in the room of it with a mass in four parts of his composition which he had left with me with this slender recommendation i set out for besançon by way of geneva where i saw my relations and through nyon where i saw my father who received me in his usual manner and promised to forward my portmanteau, which, as I travelled on horseback, came after me. I arrived at Besançon, and was kindly received by the Abbe Blanchard, who promised me his instruction, and offered his services in any other particular. We had just set about our music, when I received a letter from my father, informing me that my portmanteau had been seized and confiscated at rousse a french barrier on the side of switzerland 
alarmed at the news i employed the acquaintance i had formed at besancon to learn the motive of this confiscation being certain there was nothing contraband among my baggage i could not conceive on what pretext it could have been seized on at length however i learned the rights of the story which as it is a very curious one must not be omitted i became acquainted at chambery with a very worthy old man from lyon named monsieur duvivier who had been employed at the visa under the regency and for want of other business now assisted at the survey he had lived in the polite world possessed talents was good-humoured and understood music as we both wrote in the same chamber we preferred each other's acquaintance to that of the unlicked cubs that surrounded us he had some correspondents at paris who furnished him with those little nothings those daily novelties which circulate one knows not why and die one cares not when without any one thinking of them longer than they are heard as i sometimes took him to dine with madame de varens he in some measure treated me with respect and wishing to render himself agreeable endeavoured to make me fond of these trifles for which i naturally had such a distaste that i never in my life read any of them unhappily one of these cursed papers happened to be in the waistcoat pocket of a new suit which i had only worn two or three times to prevent its being seized by the commissioners of the customs this paper contained an insipid jansenist parody on that beautiful scene in racine's mithridates i had not read ten lines of it but by forgetfulness left it in my pocket and this caused all my necessaries to be confiscated the commissioners at the head of the inventory of my portmanteau set a most pompous verbal process in which it was taken for granted that this most terrible writing came from geneva for the sole purpose of being printed and distributed in france and then ran into holy invectives against the enemies of god and the church and praised the pious vigilance of those who had prevented the execution of these most infernal machinations they doubtless found also that my shirts smelt of heresy for on the strength of this dreadful paper they were all seized and from that time i never received any account of my unfortunate portmanteau the revenue officers whom i applied to for this purpose required so many instructions informations certificates memorials etc etc that lost a thousand times in the perplexing labyrinth i was glad to abandon them entirely 
i feel a real regret for not having preserved this verbal process from the office of rousse for it was a piece calculated to hold a distinguished rank in the collection which is to accompany this work the loss of my necessities immediately brought me back to chambery without having learned anything of the abbe blanchard reasoning with myself on the events of this journey and seeing that misfortunes attended all my enterprises i resolved to attach myself entirely to madame de varens to share her fortune and distress myself no longer about future events which i could not regulate she received me as if i had brought back treasures replaced by degrees my little wardrobe and though this misfortune fell heavy enough on us both it was forgotten almost as suddenly as it arrived though this mischance had rather dampened my musical ardour i did not leave off studying my rameau and by repeated efforts was at length able to understand it and to make some little attempts at composition the success of which encouraged me to proceed the comte de bellegarde son of the marquis d'entremont had returned from dresden after the death of king augustus having long resided at paris he was fond of music and particularly that of rameau his brother the comte de nangis played on the violin the comtesse de latour their sister sung tolerably this rendered music the fashion at chambery and a kind of public concert was established there the direction of which was at first designed for me but they soon discovered i was not competent to the undertaking and it was otherwise arranged notwithstanding this i continued writing a number of little pieces in my own way and among others a cantata which gained great approbation it could not indeed be called a finished piece but the airs were written in a style of novelty and produced a good effect which was not expected from me these gentlemen could not believe that reading music so indifferently it was possible i should compose any that was passable and made no doubt that i had taken to myself the credit of some other person's labours m de nangis wishing to be assured of this called on me one morning with a cantata of clerambault's which he had transposed as he said to suit his voice and to which another bass was necessary the transposition having rendered that of clerambault impracticable i answered it required considerable labour and could not be done on the spot being convinced i only sought an excuse 
he pressed me to write at least the base to a recitative i did so not well doubtless because to attempt anything with success i must have both time and freedom but i did it at least according to rule and he being present could not doubt but i understood the elements of composition i did not therefore lose my scholars though it hurt my pride that there should be a concert at chambery in which i was not necessary about this time peace being concluded the french army repassed the alps several officers came to visit madame de varence and among others the comte de lautrec colonel of the regiment of orleans since plenipotentiary of geneva and afterwards marshal of france to whom she presented me on her recommendation he appeared to interest himself greatly in my behalf promising a great deal which he never remembered till the last year of his life when i no longer stood in need of his assistance the young marquis de senecter whose father was then ambassador at turin passed through chambery at the same time and dined one day at monsieur de menton's when i happened to be among the guests after dinner the discourse turned on music which the marquis understood extremely well the opera of jephthah was then new he mentioned this piece it was brought him and he made me tremble by proposing to execute it between us he opened the book at that celebrated double chorus la terre l'enfer le ciel même tout tremble devant le seigneur the earth and hell and heaven itself tremble before the lord he said how many parts will you take i will do these six i had not yet been accustomed to this tray of french vivacity and though acquainted with divisions could not comprehend how one man could undertake to perform six or even two parts at the same time nothing has cost me more trouble in music than to skip lightly from one part to another and have the eye at once on a whole division by the manner in which i evaded this trial he must have been inclined to believe i did not understand music and perhaps it was to satisfy himself in this particular that he proposed my noting a song for mademoiselle de monton in such a manner that i could not avoid it he sang this song and i wrote it from his voice without giving him much trouble to repeat it when finished he read my performance and said which was very true that it was very correctly noted 
he had observed my embarrassment and now seemed to enhance the merit of this little success in reality i then understood music very well and only wanted that quickness at first sight which i possess in no one particular and which is only to be acquired in this art by long and constant practice be that as it may i was fully sensible of his kindness in endeavouring to efface from the minds of others and even from my own the embarrassment i had experienced on this occasion twelve or fifteen years afterwards meeting this gentleman at several houses in paris i was tempted to make him recollect this anecdote and show him i still remembered it but he had lost his sight since that time i feared to give him pain by recalling to his memory how useful it formerly had been to him and was therefore silent on that subject end of section eight recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey